Welcome to Zichud Avsimad Member by Avram Goldhar, and today we're Mesechus Nadarim, Daf Nunvav, the seventh parakan, no Domina Yarg. This is going to be an abbreviated shear. So the three types we're going to focus on. Number one, the next Mishnah states, Hanodamina Bayis Mutabalia, one who vows from a house, is permitted in its upper story, according to Rabbi Mir. The Chomim say, Aliyah Bechal Bayis. The upper story is included in a nether of house. All agree that a nether from an upper story would not include the lower floor. Rav Hunu said in the name of Ula, If a seller says, I'm selling you a house in my house, he may show him the upper story, meaning he can later claim that this inferior upper story is the sole property since the burden of proof is on the buyer attempting to take possession. The Gemara observes, it seems the seller may give an upper story only because he said, a house in my house, which implies a minimal residence. But if he merely said, a house, he may not. This seems to reflect the opinion of Rabbi who holds that the term house does not naturally include the upper story. The Gemara answers that it can indeed be the rabbanon, and when Ula said he shows him the aliyah, he meant Mu'ua Shibabatim, the best of the houses. The Gemara here understands that the extra term house in a house implies he's giving him a superior house, and he therefore must show him a superior house. The Rum points out that a Gemara elsewhere does interpret the word aliyah in Ula's statement to mean an upper story. Point number two, the next mission teaches, One who vows from a bed is permitted in a dargash, according to Rabbi Mir. The Chomim say, a dargash is included in the term bed. All agree that a nether from a dargash does not include an ordinary bed. They were asked what a dargash is, and Ula said, Ars de Goda, a bed of good fortune. In Mishnahic times, it was customary to designate an ordinary bed exclusively for the guardian angel of the house to elicit good fortune. After two challenges from halachas of mourning are deflected, the Gemara here asks from a brisa in which from Shimon Gamliel says, Dargash matir kavita buhuno from elav. Regarding a dargash, a mourner unties its loops and it falls on its own. Although ordinary beds must be overturned in a house of mourning, Roman Shimon Gamliel held that a dargash may simply be released from its loops and an ordinary bed does not have loops. The Gemara therefore revises its definition of dargash to arsa a bed of leather, and clarifies that this was a sheet of leather suspended in a frame by threading its straps through loops hanging from the frame. Because overturning the bed would damage the leather's upper surface by exposing it to the moist ground, the mourner may simply untie the loops and let the leather fall. And pointing with you, the next mission states, One who vows from a city is permitted in its tomb of 2,000 amos, but forbidden in its 70 amma extension, because the extension is considered a part of the city. But one who vows from a house is forbidden from the door frame and inward. He may stand outside the point where the door stops when closed, even if he's on the threshold of the house. Yochim provided the source for saying that the extension of the city is like a city. The Pasuk describes Yeshua as being in Yericho, which cannot be taken literally since it states later that Yericho was sogeritz and musugeritz, completely sealed and impenetrable. Rather, it must mean Yeshua was in its extension and still was described as inside the city. The Gemara has that perhaps we should say that even inside the Tchum of a city can be considered being inside the city, to which the Gemara responds that the Torah describes the Tchum as mochutz le'ir, outside the city. So once again, the three points are number one. The next mission states, One who vows from a house is permitted in its upper story, according to Rabbi Meir. The Chomim say, The upper story is included in a nether of house. 
all agreed that a nether from an upper story would not include the lower floor. Rav Huna Baruchia said in the name of Ula, If a seller says, I'm selling you a house in my house, he may show him the upper story, meaning he can later claim that this inferior upper story is the sole property since the burden of proof is on the buyer attempting to take possession. The Gemara observes, it seems the seller may give an upper story only because he said, a house in my house, which implies a minimal residence. But if he merely said, a house, he may not. This seems to reflect the opinion of Mary who holds that the term house does not naturally include the upper story. The Gemara answers that it can indeed be the rebundant, and when Ua said he shows him the aliyah, he meant Mu'ua Shibabatim, the best of the houses. The Gemara here understands that the extra term house in a house implies he's giving him a superior house, and he therefore must show him a superior house. The Rum points out that a Gemara elsewhere does interpret the word aliyah in Ua's statement to mean an upper story. Point number two, the next mission teaches, One who vows from a bed is permitted in a dargash, according to Rabbi Meir. The Chalmim say, a dargash is included in the term bed. All agree that a nether from a dargash does not include an ordinary bed. They were asked what a dargash is, and Ula said, A bed of good fortune. In Mishnahic times, it was customary to designate an ordinary bed exclusively for the guardian angel of the house to elicit good fortune. After two challenges from halachas of mourning are deflected, the Gemara here asks from a brisa in which Rabbi Shimon Gamliel says, "Dargash matir kavita buhuno from elav." Regarding a dargash, a mourner unties its loops and it falls on its own. Although ordinary beds must be overturned in a house of mourning, Rabbi Shimon Gamliel held that a dargash may simply be released from its loops, and an ordinary bed does not have loops. The Gemara therefore revises its definition of dargash to arsa a bed of leather, and clarifies that this was a sheet of leather suspended in a frame by threading its straps through loops hanging from the frame. Because overturning the bed would damage the leather's upper surface by exposing it to the moist ground, the mourner may simply untie the loops and let the leather fall. And pointing with you in the next mission states, One who vows from a city is permitted in its tomb of 2,000 amos, but forbidden in its 70 amma extension, because the extension is considered a part of the city. But one who vows from a house is forbidden from the door frame and inward. He may stand outside the point where the door stops when closed, even if he's on the threshold of the house. Yochim provided the source for saying that the extension of the city is like a city. The Pasuk describes Yeshua as being in Yericho, which cannot be taken literally since it states later that Yericho was sogeritz and musugeritz, completely sealed and impenetrable. Rather, it must mean Yeshua was in its extension and still was described as inside the city. The Gemara said perhaps we should say that even inside the Tchum of a city can be considered being inside the city, to which the Gemara responds that the Torah describes the Tchum as mochutz le'ir, outside the city. All right, so now we go to our Simr Daf Nunvav, and this Simr was suggested earlier, way back in Masechus Brachas, when we had a Simanim contest to choose a Simon, and the Sim for Nunvav was suggested to us by Rabbi Shlomo Weissman from Passaic, New Jersey, and by Rabbi Moshe White from Edmonton, Alberta. They both suggested that Nunvav is a shusher in shul going nunu, nunu. So that's our Simon. So here goes. The Shusher in Shul, who lived in an upper story because he was sold a house within a house, stood on his dargash, which was next to his bed, right by the window, to loudly shush the man who had taken a vow from the city that he was speaking too loudly while wrongly standing in its seventy and two-thirds amos extension. Once again, slow motion. The Shusher in Shul, Shusher in Shul, that must be one duff. Nunvav, nu-nu.
This Shushu in Shul, who lived in an upper story, because he was sold a house within a house, which reminds us of the Machokes of the Chomim, whether one who makes a nether from a house includes the Aliyah, the upper story. And Ula says, if a seller says, I'm selling you buys Babesi, a house in my house, he may show him the upper story, meaning he can later claim that the inferior upper story is the sole property, since the burden of proof is on the buyer attempting to take possession. So, the Shushur and Shu who lived in an upper story because he was sold a house within a house, stood on his dargash, which was next to his bed, right by the window, which reminds me of Machus, whether one who makes a nether on his bed includes a dargash, which is determined to be a bed made of a leather sheet that is tied onto the bed frame with loops. So the Shushur and Shu who lived in an upper story because he was sold a house within a house, stood on his dargash, which is next to his bed, right by the window, to loudly shush the man who had taken a vow from the city that he was speaking too loudly while wrongly standing in its seventy and two-thirds amos extension, which reminds us, the next mission states, One who vows from a city is permitted in its tchum of 2,000 amos, but it's forbidden in its 70 and two-thirds amos extension because the extension is considered a part of the city. So once again, the Shushur and Shu who lived in an upper store because he was sold a house within a house, stood on his dargash, which was next to his bed, right by the window, to loudly shush the man who had taken a vow from the city that he was speaking too loudly while wrongly standing in its 70 and two-thirds amos extension. All right, so that concludes today's year. This is Rabbi Avram Goldman Zichu wishing you a great day and great learning.